there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens. But trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. This is He Said, Ella Dijo with Eric Winter and Rosalind Sanchez. Hola, ¿qué tal? Hola, ¿qué tal? Are you ready for this one, Eric? Yeah, this is going to be a, a very interesting episode. We very thought heavy. about it and thought about it and then finally said, you know what, let's just do it since we brought it up last podcast. Well, I don't even know how it got brought up. I feel, oh no, there was a question that came in um, inquiring about relation or divorce, dealing with divorce the week before. And then, and then I casually mentioned something. I don't like, know if hey. you guys know <laughs> that we're both divorced. And even our producers were like, what? Yeah, that turned and into then a we whole got, thing. <laughs> we got emails. People like didn't know about it because we. I don't think I have ever um, talked about it openly. No, like that, you right? Google it. Then I guess Unless you the Google it, you know. yeah. But we don't, we, yeah. We don't. We don't. Yeah, we don't really talk about it openly. And you... Um, joked on uh, the last episode that you wanted to talk about divorce and then as soon as I started talking about my divorce you're like I don't want to know anymore because I don't but I guess I'm going to have to yeah, well, we have since we have decided now. <laughs> wow, let me tell you all about mine I don't want to hear anything are, about are you preparing <laughs> for the end uh, you oh. know what F- uh, the full disclosure <laughs> is that is that uh, that's how you say that's it that's a thing. we don't want people to be thinking oh my god why are they talking about divorce porque cuando el río suene que agua trae you know Did what that means she just say something about divorce in Spanish that I don't know it means when the river makes sound is because water is coming oh wow that's a, that's like a like a like a thing that we use in Spanish a lot like when you hear a rumor it becomes uh-huh. a river is making a noise. So there's some truth behind it. So you want me to tell you a little bit about my divorce, but I just want to jump in and say one thing that I think you and I met at the right time in life. And I think our previous divorces probably set us up for success in a way. I hope. Because yeah. I, I, you know, I truly believe if had we met back in our twenties, it would have been a different outcome. We're very strong personalities. And I think our lives have shaped us into what we are now 
to make it work. Um, um, what but, were the biggest lessons you learned from your first marriage? Well, look, my divorce was, uh, I got married at a very young age. I was married at 25, met the person at 22. Um, thought I knew it all. My parents were like, you're crazy. You're getting married too young. That's oh, what, really? I didn't know that they, they told you that. Yeah. I mean, look, they were supportive. They wanted me to be happy. I told them I knew exactly what I was doing as every 22 year old would say, or 23 year old. You know what I always found funny? And this is the first time I'm telling you this. I believe, I don't know if I'm making this up, but your wedding song was At Last, yeah. which is a classic and an incredible song. Yeah. And to me, it was always funny that you were, what, 25? And you were like, At Last. Yeah. And like, At Last, what? <laughs> you're 25 years it's old. It's true. It's not like you've been dating for 45 years. It's true. But that was funny. So I'm telling you now, me I got some old school flavor in my music Come choices. On, 25, At Last, what? At, 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 the, at the beginning, at I just met you. I got a divorce. Anyways, our our song was uh, Better Together from Jack Johnson. Oh, I think you're going to say you and your ex-husband. I was like, settle down. That was our song. My song with my ex was from Luther Vandress. Yeah, both also old school, <laughs> same type of song. That's Here and now. We, yeah. Oh my God, I can't even listen to we that went, song now. We went for Better Together, Jack Johnson, who you didn't even know Jack Johnson. I introduced you to Jack Johnson. I didn't know Jack Johnson, no. And Jack I love Johnson's the bomb. So how do you think you handle your divorce? Um, you In know, a our, mature way? Yeah, our divorce was a very civil divorce. I was very, it was a breakup with paperwork. Thankfully, there weren't any kids involved, which I believe complicates everything to the you know, God, yeah. umpteenth degree. Um, we had no kids involved. We did have a dog involved, but it was technically my dog. And I'll never forget when the divorce happened, she wanted to share custody of the dog. And I was like, absolutely not. It's my dog. This dog was given to me as a gift. And it became a whole battle about the dog. And I was like, I'm not no, we're not sharing custody of this dog. That was my dog. Do so you know what happened to me? We also had a dog. We had uh, the German Shepherd, Nato, which was my boyfriend. That dog was my life, as you know. That To this day, I have a thing for German Shepherds because I, I often think about, oh, my God, what happened to Nato? So we got separated, and the same thing. It was going to be like um, we share a kid. We have a Nato, and then we then he gave me Mota, so we had two at the time. And the Nato, the dog, and you know how I am with dogs, so for me to be able to let go of this dog, it was a lot of tears um, because I realized if I don't move on, this dog is going to be the excuse he's going to have mm -hmm. to continually come to my house and he would show up unannounced. Um, and he was crazy, you know, and there was always a fight and always a problem because I want to take Nato, but I don't want you to take Nato right now. And if there was someone, like somebody in my house, God forbid, it was like a crazy moment. So... I had to be like, you know what? I'm going to have to give him Nato because otherwise I'm going to be for the next, whatever, 12 years. I think very few people can share custody of a dog in a breakup. I, I know one. But it hurts my, me because to this day I just go, I can't believe I let go of Yeah, Nato. but you did the right thing. And I know one, per, like I, my, my co-star Melissa shares custody of her dog. She's been able to do it successfully and they have a very understanding relationship and they're able to. That's beautiful. It's an amazing thing, but that's brutal. Like I couldn't do yeah. that. And I think at the end of the day, my divorce was very clean. It was uh, basically let's split everything up and let's go our separate ways. And I think you, you know, I came from a divorced family. So for me, there was always that sense of failure. I, I always did, did you not do the, wanna... the, when you serve somebody, do you guys, you didn't have to do that? No, cause it was amicable. I mean, we, in a, in a sense, look at it, it, it wasn't ideal, but it became what was going to happen, and it was as amicable as it could, as it could be. Um, I think a weird thing, I don't know if you had to do any of this, but we had to bring an appraiser in to appraise all the assets in the house so that I could then 
because I kept the home. I had to buy her out of the house. I bought her out of all the assets. So the biggest argument was, I don't want to keep the china from the wedding, but it goes in the cabinet that's in the house and I'm keeping the cabinet. So therefore I had to give her half the money for china that somebody gave us as a gift. And I was uh-huh. stuck with all this wedding china that I, did, I could give two shits about. And I had to pay half. So that was a bit of an argument because neither one of us wanted it, but I ended up having to pay for some of it. Okay. Anyways, other than that, pretty smooth. I know yours wasn't as smooth. No, <laughs> mine wasn't. You know, I was married for three years, one and a half, kind of happily married, one and a half, just going through a nightmare. Um, and it's uncomfortable for me because I don't know where the person is right now. I don't know if he follows my career. I don't know what, I don't want him to feel uncomfortable if he ever listens to this. But yeah, but the second part of the marriage was just um, not great. And I remember um, that I do. I did have to do the serve. Yeah, because you had to actually serve to he file didn't a divorce. He didn't want to give me a divorce. divorce. And yeah. then I remember that yeah. somebody showed up at his place, I'm assuming, I think it was. And then he had to sign. And then when the papers came back to me... <laughs> He had put a, he signed and he put a sad face with a tear. He's so funny. And I was like, this is comical. You know what I mean? It's like, like, like laughable. Um, But no, it wasn't great. We didn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant divorce at all. But at least everybody's moved on and we wish everybody the best in the situation. And then you hope that, you know, lives were all changed for the better, but it's a brutal topic. I mean, most of my friends, I know so many people that are divorced. How do you feel at 25 years old? Okay. I'm, I'm, I married young. I'm divorced. I'm gonna go out into the dating world again. Um, was were you were you proud that you were like a divorced guy? Two part two part answer. Not proud to have gone through a divorce because I, again I came from a divorced situation and I always told myself I would never get divorced like my parents being divorced and it happened to me so I was very devastated that I let that happen mm-hmm. in in the marriage. However, once I came to terms with it and realized okay I was young this was the best case scenario. Boy, was it great to go out there and be single again. Disgusting. It was awesome. <laughs> Disgusting. I don't I mean, I was basically I like, sign the papers. I'm coming to town. Oh meet my, my friends up in Salt Lake. Meet my friends in Vegas. Going to Miami. What a tool. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it, wasn't it was my story. I was devastated. I was like, what am I going to tell, guy? I'm 25, but I'm divorced. It was awful because I... You know, for, I guess for a, for a woman, you know, for a girl that age, it's different. You know, you don't want to go out there and already feel like you have some baggage. You know, and thank God I didn't have any kids because I think I would have just crawled under uh, a bed. Um, um, but, yeah, I wasn't very happy. I wasn't very I happy never took it, it as a, you know, I would meet people and they, you know, come up in conversation and I wouldn't hide it. I wouldn't dance around it. I'd be like, nah, yeah, I, mean, I was married before. What? You were married? And I would... I would have so much fun explaining to us. Yeah, I got married at a super young age. Like it was no big deal to me at all. Moving wow. on from the fact, again, crazy. going through it was tough. But once I came out of it, I had no problem being honest and sharing my truth with whoever I met and be like, "Yay, this is me. Take it or leave it." I have no other ties. When did you tell me? When I met person. you, I don't know how long it took you to tell me and how long did it take. Well, we were friends first for a while, so I'm sure I told you in conversation. We remember. probably talked about both of us. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember that conversation which is weird what? Well, you, you don't obsess? remember a lot we've, the, we've established that on this podcast so none of this obsess? is weird were you googling my ex and things like that and like, no. trying to learn all about it no liar I, no, it's true. I don't no I don't get into too much of that I mean <laughs> I know who the person who the person is and 
you don't know much. I never forget one time you got so mad. We Why? went to my aunt and uncle's. Uh, they used to have a cabin in Mammoth. And one of our first dates, we went out. I took her to Mammoth to go to the cabin. And I think there was an old picture on the wall of me and my ex-wife and other and other family from our trip. No, to that Mammoth. wasn't. That was yeah. your grand your grandpa. No, in Mammoth too. We had to take the picture down. I had to like tell my aunt and uncle. No, like, that oh, was your God. grandpa. Your grandfather. No, it wasn't. That was there too. That was there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my ex was sprinkled all over. Different funny. family members' houses. It's not. It's not a great feeling. I'm not gonna lie. And then you have to act like everything is okay, and everybody's looking at you. And you're like, hey, nice meeting you. <laughs> nice meeting you. And then you see the X on the wall. But it is what it is. You know, you had a, you had you had a history before me. It's not all about Ross. <sighs> I get no. it. I'll never forget the first one of the first gifts I ever gave you was a keychain that said it's all about Ross. Because <laughs> I learned that very early on. <laughs> That if you, if you live in Rosland. Oh, you know what I think is BS? You know, I'm going to expose what? you right now. And this is some bullshit. So for 15 years, I've been dealing with his corporation, has the initial of the X, and he doesn't want to change it because it's too much work to deal headache. with the bank and have to do all the paperwork. So every single week, I have to see mail coming into my house that has the initial of the X. You know what? Right now, you're going to change That's that. That's a true I'm story. Done. I'm I can't done with even that. deny that. Look at when I got my It's too complicated <laughs> to change the paperwork. I don't, you know, I don't give a flying. Because I don't just care it. about it. Like, I see it, well, whatever. But I do. I don't, would you feel comfortable if my, my corporation is rustling? It's be incorporated. Dude, I have no you. You'll have a freaking fit. We've been together for like 14 years. Now, now because we're talking you? about a serious topic. <laughs> now I have decided I'm done with it. You're going to have to change it. But that is a true story. Out of laziness and just. Oh, it's so Stupidity. much work. I don't want to deal with changing all. Well, you're going to change it. Oh my God. Things with work and residuals. Done with the conversation. You're no, changing what? it. No I want it to way. be E-R <laughs> incorporated. No way. A hundred percent. You're not going to be in the, in the or corporation. E-S. I'm not going to be in your corporation. Uh, That's another thing guys. We divide everything. <laughs> That's what keeps it. That's what keeps our marriage together. How do you By say capitulaciones? That was the best decision ever. Well, I that was yours families. is yours and what is mine is mine? No, having joint. We talked about this in, we, we could have a whole episode on finances, but when I, I think one of the best episodes, or best episodes, best things we've ever talked about doing was, and this is clean with marriage. I think as you divide your, not divide your assets, but upfront, but having two different accounts when people get married, whether it's first marriage or second marriage, people spend differently. And you earn your own money, I earn my own money. We have family accounts that go towards everything for the kids, everything for the house, everything for us as a couple. But when it comes to individual things, I don't care about the $3,000 purse you want to buy. I don't want to see that bill. So if you if you want to go buy it, you go buy it. And you don't care about the watches I want to buy. So if I want to buy a watch, I go buy it. That way I'm not arguing about the things you want to spend money on that I think are ridiculous and you think the things I spend money on are ridiculous. What do I, what do I spend money that you think is ridiculous? All kinds of stuff. Like? Shoes that you can't stand in for more than two minutes. <laughs> Every pair of shoes. Oh, I love these, <laughs> these Jimmy shoes. They like, cost me all this money. And Can I sit down? I hate, they hurt my feet. <laughs> so basically, it, if you if you get divorced to, to me, it, all my shoes are mine. Of course. No. Yeah, I your shoes. <laughs> But that's not the point. The point is so many couples fight over finances and I think it's great that we don't have to argue about the financial strain because you do what you want to do as long as you're smart with it. Good luck. You run out of that money. You come knocking. Hey, uh, honey, we're married. Remember, can I have half of that? You know, that's your that's your money. You can buy your little your your fun things with it. Okay. Okay, Eric. Yeah, I know. I'm the one that told you I'm signing capitulaciones. So don't be jumping into the bandwagon like it was your idea. Anyway. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> Let's take a break. Hey, 
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. We are back. Are you comfortable? Is the topic making you a little, a little bit uneasy? No, I'm not. I'm totally comfortable. You're comfortable? Good. I'm ready to talk about dating. The what? You got me all flashed back into being single again after the divorce and dating. So I'm Are you joking? <laughs> are you joking? All right. So. Wow. Let's talk well, about Well, I can tell you some stories. You want to hear? Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear? <laughs> we'll break first. <laughs> All right, we're super excited about this guest that we have coming on next. She's beautiful. She's a lady boss. She's an author, entrepreneur. Lady boss. What did I say? Bus. Oh my God. Boss. Es una jefa, la jefa, la doña, la mera mera, la caballota. Entrepreneur, family law expert. Her name is Laura Wasser. Kim Kardashian, Ryan Reynolds, Anna Faris, Jimmy Iovine, Maria Shriver, Stevie Wonder, all those people. She's been the divorce lawyer. She has a podcast. Her name is Divorce Ox, and she's going to transition now because she's having a partnership with iHeartRadio, and it's going to be named All Is Fair. I am fascinated. You know all the stories that Lara has that she can't really sure she say. can't really talk about. You know the stuff that's confidential. However, I think it's incredible to be able to pick her brain on divorce. I'm curious what makes someone want to be a divorce lawyer. Do you Did know she's she married? Is she married? I don't know. 
I want to find out if she's married. Is she divorced? What, did she come from divorced parents? I also really want to tap into alimony. Well, you and I have always had this conversation about alimony, this debate back and forth. I want to talk I to her about. But I think every experience. state is different laws. Yeah, right? and she can explain all that. Yeah. She's also an author of the New York Times bestseller. It doesn't have to be that way. How to divorce without destroying your family and bankrupting yourself. Wow. Thank you for being here, Laura. Oh, thank you for having so me. Excited. So excited. We have so many questions for you. <laughs> I could pick your brain for hours. We don't have that much time. I know. I know. Divorce so, is so fascinating to me. When you become a divorce lawyer, did you go to school knowing I want to be no, a divorce lawyer? No way. No. My dad actually was and is a divorce lawyer. So I grew up, like I grew up here in LA and I would go to people's like sweet 16s or bar and bat mitzvahs and some of the you know moms or dads would be like, oh, you're Laura Wasser, you're at that table in the back because my dad would have represented one of the parents. So, oh, that is but too like, funny. And also my parents split up and they did it in like the most amicable, like oh, respectful wow. way. So that's kind of what I saw growing up. I never thought that I'd be a divorce lawyer. I never even thought I would go to law school, but my parents said that they would continue to support me as long as I was in school. So I was like, yeah. Okay. So I went to law school and then I actually graduated and started working for um, the uh, Law Center for Disability Rights. You know, I was like baby lawyer trying to get like the guardrails in the bathrooms and ramps okay. going into buildings and I had gotten married after my second year of law school and very quickly we determined that that probably wasn't like the best you know long-term situation and so he was not a lawyer he was not a lawyer okay. he and he and I were super super different you know he was Roman Catholic from Spain Cuban family I was you know Latino. Jewish girl from Beverly Hills he wanted to live in Southern California I mean we never even talked about like having kids or what religion they'd be that's how like we were young it was a great mm -hmm. super fun wedding at the Bel Air Hotel we had 10 bridesmaids and 10 groomsmen wow. we partied all night long it was I, I never have to get married again that's how good that was and how good the pictures came and the out next day you're like um what's yeah. your name again why, why did we do <laughs> this exactly that was so, my story we, oh, do i know you yes i don't think i know you we parted well at one point we were talking about maybe getting back together and he goes oh when we get back together you will change your name and i was like what no i'm not gonna like that do you not know do you know me at all like i'm not gonna be laura hernandez <laughs> i think there is a laura hernandez she's like a newscaster on she Canada, is actually right? okay, so anyways yeah. so in any event um I, I we split up and i went to my dad because we had been renting a place i needed like some extra money that i wasn't making working at the nonprofit dis disability rights and i said can i clerk here for a while while i wait for my bar results and i basically never left i mean family law is super interesting you learn so much about so many people and first of all like the top level is just different careers all kinds of people what they do where they live but then you really learn about human nature and that has what kept me doing it for 25 years because it's fascinating to see how relationships work and so that's why I, I kept doing it and that's why we started the podcast because we really it's just so interesting and I think people want to start having this conversation more how many cases do you think you have been a part of how oh, many divorces thousands, thousands. 25 years wow. and I'm managing partner at my firm right now and there's 17 lawyers so at any given time we've probably got I don't know 150 active cases at wow. the firm and you know some people's divorces take a really long time they need a second they need to wait they need to go through it there may be a lot of discovery financial information and some are really fast it just depends mm -hmm. and so yeah and thousands messiest divorces money is always at the core or kids kids think kids, kids. are the I mean, primary money yes. is secondary definitely because and again at the firm we represent really high net worth people and yes 
more money, more problems, but also more money, kind of easier to figure out and whatever. Kids are the things that people, I mean, like, and if it's a difficult case where somebody's making allegations of abuse or there is abuse mm-hmm. or alienation or a really tough one, somebody has to move to a different country or to the other side of the country. You can't just do two days with mom, two days with dad, two days back if somebody's living in New York. So those are the really hard ones. Yeah. Kids are the toughest. Money, people kind of after a certain period of time would rather spend their money dividing it and moving on than on the lawyers and the forensic accountants and and all of the other people that get involved when you're fighting about money. In the state of California, usually the mom is the one that has the bigger the the better benefits of keeping the you kids. Mean the mom or the non-breadwinner. Yeah, that's No, the mom. No, it's the non it's who's the one that's giving the parental care more to the child. Like we this is one of our biggest conversations and debates back and forth. If you have a stay-at-home dad and he is the one taking care of the child or children every single day, devoting all his time, not taking a career because his career is raising those children. Who do you think? <laughs> Look at your wife's face. <laughs> That's what our, we'll have that all the time. <laughs> because she's like, no, I don't, I don't get your point. It should be the mom. I'm like, no, 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 no. I do. I have a lot of people. I'm a working mother. The kid comes with me. It's not that crystal clear. You have. And I'll tell you as a working mother, look, I could argue both sides of this. That's one of the beauties of being able to be a litigator. Yes, if you're the stay-home dad and you are the person, I, I mean, I have tons of female clients who pay not only spousal support, but child support okay. to their ex-husbands because they're taking care of the kids. That being said, as a working mom, interestingly enough, I've got two sons and I don't live with either of their dads. We weren't married, but we're all, we all get along fine. But yeah, I'm still the one arranging the play dates. I'm still the one filling okay. out the soccer applications. I'm still the one that's, you know, telling, you know, nanny needs to, and my son was sick yesterday. I was the one that was home in bed with him. Them. not anything bad about either of the dads it's just a lot of times that's how we're wired as moms and yes. a lot of times we insist on it particularly the working moms because we can control everything, everything. and we're badass i can we do it all, all. Exactly. and so i speak to women's groups all the time where i say okay how many of you work show of hands and how many of you are still the ones that are making the lunches and are making the doctor's appointments and they raise their hands and i say how many of you are resentful about that and they raise their hands and i said and how many of you insist upon it being that way and then reluctantly don't they, want, they don't want to stay home yeah. yeah well and that see we've had this conversation and i think you've come to terms with this more and, and you alluded to it if so, if two people have been married and you have a stay at home dad and the the wife is by far the the breadwinner crushing it ceo major company whatever it is right they get a divorce she thinks it's crazy that the man would then ask for alimony and let's say he's doing everything you said like the soccer point he's doing everything he is an amazing stay-at-home dad. Right. He's Mr. Mom. She thinks it's crazy that he's going to get alimony when he basically put his career or whatever it was on hold because together during happiness, you made the right. conscious decision. He was going to raise the kids. You were going to work. Look at her face now. And she thinks it's crazy. <laughs> it's I a good thing it's her show that got canceled and not yours, man. I'll tell you. You better call me after your money, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, well, let me get, do you one better. Let's say he didn't do anything. Let's say he sat on the couch and they had people in their home that were caregivers and yeah. even people to cook and whatever else, whether it was family members or paid employees yeah. or whatever. He didn't do shit. He's still going to be getting alimony and possible yeah. child support because what it is really based on is not so much what you did because that's a fact-finding mission that most judicial officers don't have the time or the inclination to do. It basically is how much money is each of you making 
plug that into a formula. What's the timeshare on the custody? Plug that into a formula mm-hmm. and a number gets spit out. And so, yes, I mean, it is, it, it, the law is gender blind. I think that's a yeah. good thing. And mostly in California and New York state too, the other states are kind of coming along. We are really now looking at a 50, 50 timeshare. I mean, assuming okay. both parents have time. What I have sometimes is parents that are being penalized moms for working. So now dad says, well, she's always at work. So I should have more time than her. That's what drives me crazy. Yeah. And I think I know enough working parents, moms and dads, who are still able to pr- effectively co-parent that I still believe in most situations, you're better off sharing it equally. It, are oh, kids better with their parents than necessarily with a child caregiver? Maybe. And maybe you have a certain period of time, like if it's three hours or more or yeah. 12 hours. Or, I'm not saying they should stay with a nanny when their parents out of town working and the other parents home waiting. Yeah. But if it's one night and you're home in time either to put them to bed or wake up in the morning yeah they can stay with a babysitter that night because that's your time in your house having the experience with that parent yeah yeah no i agree with i fully think when how, you have, how old so you get divorced your kid has to turn what age for the person giving the alley money to stop giving the alley money is well, it 18 in california child, it's 18 child support is 18, child support right? is 18 in new york state it's 21 so it depends on state but to alimony state can keep going alimony unless the person remarries yes unless you get married or die um it depends how long you've been married in california we generally call 10 years a long-term marriage that's not a bright line it could be nine and a half it could be 11 i mean but 10 years or more generally has jurisdiction over alimony or spousal support continuing so you'd have to come back to the court after a certain period of time and go dude come on she's we've been divorced already for 10 years and she's only 40 can't she go get some kind of a job it's not forever so i okay so that might be where i got the 10 year number we were just talking we were talking about something before you walked in is it true also with prenups that once you hit the 10 year mark, the prenup becomes very messy and hard to sort of follow. Not at all. Oh, okay. So that, Not at all. So it's alimony. If it, if it's a marriage ends before the 10 year mark, that's one thing. If, if it ends before the 10 year mark, you're looking at about half the length of the marriage. So eight years, Got you're looking it. at about four years of support. Now again, okay. that can depend. The court has the jurisdiction. So a judge can find a reason why, for example, if there's been abuse in the marriage, mm-hmm. the other person has a hard time going back to work. If there's some kind of disability, it may be more than half the length of the marriage. The prenups, it depends what's in the prenup. And I have seen prenups that say after 10 years, we have. They th- I think they call it like a sundown provision meaning if we make it 10 years the prenup goes away I don't believe in those because I think they're promotive of divorce I think they promote people at nine and a half years going bye Bye. like you know so we don't put that in because if something's promotive of divorce generally it could be that the agreement's not enforceable so but that's probably why you've heard that 10-year thing in that I would assume prenups get very I mean look in our business and you deal with tons of celebrities in general actors non-actors whatever but like in our business you know there's ebbs and flows constantly of income throughout an entire profession. Yes. And you know, we're like, I tell friends all the time, I have no problem with prenups. I think, Hey, it makes you guys feel more secure in their marriage. Go for it. We have no problem. We were just talking about like, we do separate bank accounts and we have a joint bank account. Like you go buy your things. I buy my things. And then we have our stuff for the family. Right. Whatever makes things easier and less, less fighting in the household or dispute is great. However, when you do a prenup, you can outline only so much at the time of marriage. And if things are ebbing and flowing and you're, 15 years in, how do you divide things? How do you, 
how does a prenup hold? You stick with the prenup. Now, again, you can't do your assets have grown and changed. Absolutely. Right? So what you do is going in, both people say, this is what we have going in. There has to be full disclosure. I've done prenups for people where the representatives of, for example, the wife said, we need this prenup. We don't know this guy. He's just starting out. He hasn't done that much. She makes $20 million a year for doing it. We got to do this. We got to do this. We do the prenup basically saying what either of us makes is our own. We'll continue funding a joint account for our expenses to the extent we can, whatever makes sense. We won't govern that because we don't know because there are ebbs and flows. And when and if we split up, we're both agreeing that what remains, what's ours remains ours. Anything we made during the marriage remains ours. And we'll agree that there may be some spousal support. We don't know who will pay who, but it will be capped at a certain amount. So it's not going to be sky high. Either one of us could live on this. So now however many years later they get divorced and guess who's making way more money? him yeah. that we were trying to protect her from and it's fine she was fine too you know he's but you know they're the way that they've worked has kind of changed so then whatever's been accumulated through the marriage she'll get percentages of his money if that's part of the prenup but otherwise yeah, no wasn't. so you would put that in the prenup ahead of time yeah what the ebbs and flows would be non-negotiable yes. in a Correct. sense like you're making your money i'm making my money this is what we have now yes it's, so it's protected yes. you've seen it all oh. laura and um, you've heard it all because you've done so many cases um do you still believe in marriage do you think it's possible that people can stick together for many years in a functional relationship yes I do I don't think it's the norm mm -hmm. I think if you've met your soulmate and it really does work after a certain period of time it's your best friend it's your co-parent you know and I do I see it work I have friends that have been married now for nearly 20 years I love hanging out with them I love hanging out with their families is it always easy no yeah. I mean people go through tough times um, but I believe in marriage and I also love a good wedding. However, I also think that the majority of humans were probably not meant to mate for life. I think we go through so many evolutions of our being. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to be with someone and you grow together in the same direction, awesome. But if you don't, I don't know that you should stay together in an unhappy marriage or relationship. I don't think it's healthy for kids mm. and I don't think it's healthy for you. Yeah. When we as humans were only living until like, 27 or 30 years old it was a lot easier to mate for life we're living until 100 yeah if you're i see i mean last year i did two divorces of people in their 80s and i was kind of like why bother we talk about gray divorce or silver divorce that's basically anyone over 50 can you imagine 50 yeah. 50 i'm 51 like i could you telling me i have to like yeah. stay with the same person for the rest of my life but 80 and they're saying you know what I don't know how many years I have left but I feel good and I'm I feel like I look it. good That's and I want to be happy but <laughs> I'm 80 and I'm going I'm like, out on a bout for him to die That's and he'll amazing. leave everything well, to you I mean, That's and amazing. Like, I have a, a close friend from high school been with her partner they've been together two kids 25 cool. something years Jen Okay, and she's like no we're not going to get married if it's not broke don't fix it yeah. like there's something about putting the title on it yeah. that I don't know if it makes them nervous or they just don't feel it's necessary. Well, they don't maybe want to enter into that contract with the state of California is what it is. They have their own contract. And they feel like, why, I guess? Yeah. Like there's no, because there's a bigger question, right? Is, is is monogamy something that is organic to human nature? Can you right. stay with one person but for the rest of your life? But they're monogamous, right? They are, they exactly. Are. So you can yeah, have a long-term you know, partner and be happy and you're one of those people that succeeds, whether you're married or not. It just does that title add some kind of a pressure. We are seeing, I mean, the trend, because we've been studying this, is that people, less people are getting married. People are living together, mm -hmm. they're having kids, they're not getting married as much. So as a result, the divorce rate's gone down a bit 
Okay. The divorce rate among second marriages, sorry, is higher than really? it's ever been. Yeah, because it's older people. <laughs> and I think sometimes if they've been through it once, they're like, it yeah. wasn't that bad. I'll, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, and th- these are just small adjustments. Yeah. But we studied them because we started It's Over Easy a couple of years ago, which is an online divorce platform. 25 years doing what I do in family law and charging what my firm charges. I realized that probably 80% of our cases could be done much more efficiently and cost effectively if people actually did them on their own. So we started It's Over Easy where you can go online and you can actually f- oh, file wow. your papers, fill them out, negotiate like it's online mediation, negotiate with your spouse if you guys are both able to do that uh-huh. and then you've saved all this money in attorney's fees and it's got like a ton of content so you can read about divorce you can meet up with other people across the country that are getting divorced in chat rooms and stuff we've got great articles we've That's got the podcasts and then we've got the index which has all these resources for people so you can find somebody if you need to take a step away for a second and go to a real lawyer to get advice if you need help with childcare, if you want to sell your engagement ring we've got worthy.com oh as an affiliate an you awesome. sell your engagement ring an you awesome pay your down deposit your deposit on your apartment we have people for dating apps we have people to help with mind and what's body the name wellness. again of the website it's over easy it's like over easy yeah. okay it's over easy that's amazing yeah i have to ask you something and i apologize if it's a silly question but i just need to know the marriage story laura darren yes was she like By the way, it's not a silly question i've been getting this asked this question for months was so. it you well, I hope it wasn't me because she was kind of <laughs> diabolical, wasn't she? I mean, <laughs> she was likable, though. She was interesting. She was like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can stand her, but I love her. I think, you know I mean? think that's probably how Laura felt about me. <laughs> I think she said it best when she said, like, I, the, all three of those divorce lawyer characters in that movie were an amalgamation of people that Got all it. of them had kind of worked with because it wasn't just Noah Baumbach. It was Scarlett and Adam and Laura yes. all kind of working on their experiences either as children of divorce or having been divorced and I think what they really wanted to show is how broken this system is and as people who are part of the system we as family law attorneys can be a bit broken I mean look she wanted to win for her client she won for her client how she got there or even the fact that at one point she went a bit beyond even what her client was asking Mm -hmm. um, was a little shitty and I don't think most family law attorneys do that but I think it's a cautionary tale in that if you let yourself get sucked into this system yeah that's what could happen and you're paying somebody to actually be your advocate yeah. and your voice to to say these things like at that horrible scene at the council table where both attorneys were saying these things mm. and they're they're sitting there like how is this happening to yeah. us so yes her office looked a lot like mine <laughs> we both wear very nice shoes i love it i love but it but i would like to think that hopefully that was a little bit of artistic and, 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 and how you say that como se dice a heightened a yes. heightened version yeah. yes well i was yes, thinking yes, about yes. It before you asked that question i was like you're in such a tough position based on who you're representing at the time because you might fully agree 100% and think that that person is yeah everything they're asking for is reasonable makes total sense then you might get someone that comes in with just off the wall crazy requests and you're going how do I represent this person well I'm lucky like that though I I actually don't have to represent the crazy people I mean I just say I don't think we're a good fit I mean I've had people come in and say well I'm the mother and I should have full custody and I say okay let's talk about that why why do you think your kids Mm -hmm. shouldn't see their dad at all he cheated on me okay 
doesn't mean he's a bad dad. Yeah. He's kind of a dick spouse. I get yeah. it. I get yeah. why you're getting divorced. But don't you think your kids have a right to experience their other parent? Mm-hmm. So those are the people I send to one of my lovely colleagues who <laughs> wants to blow sunshine up their ass yeah. and tell them everything. I mean, it is. Particularly with people in your guys' industry, you guys are surrounded by a lot of people that are working with you and that are getting a percentage of what you earn. Yeah. So they want you out there. Did. They want you happy. Enable. They, they want you working mm-hmm. and they will say yes to you so that you are earning and they get a percentage. Mm-hmm. They're not bad people. You're all in this together. Yeah. I get paid either way. I get an hourly rate. And so I'm usually the first person in a long time that some of these high profile, either high profile or just high net worth, whether it's athletes, you know, investment bankers or entertainers that come and I say, no. And they say, excuse me, what? I say, no, that's not going to happen. I I would like to make it happen for you, but I can't make it happen for you because that's not the law. I'm not a miracle worker. Mm -hmm. I have to just interpret the law the best way and make it work. So those people, I don't have to actually represent the crazies. Because I'm sure you find yourself being a therapist through half of this process. There's no way you can just be all business and not be wrapped up in their emotional journey. At least be compassionate for what they're going through. Has this ever happened to you? And this is a true story. Crazy. So... Maybe four years ago, I'm already married to Eric. We have a kid, Sabella, and I get a text from my ex-husband saying, I want to talk to you. I'm freaking out because I haven't heard from him for years. And you didn't have kids with him? No. Okay, that's no. a good thing about the starter marriage. Yeah, You're like, neither of us were yeah, kid-free. Yeah, thank God, because my life Me would have too. been completely yeah. different. So I tell Eric, oh my God, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. This person is calling me. What do I do? And I goes, well, let's find out. <laughs> I don't want to say the <laughs> name. <laughs> this person. <laughs> this person. So I said, what, what's going on? Oh, my God. Hi. How are you? What's going on? And he goes, well, he was English and he was dealing with a, a visa. He wanted mm. to renew the visa. I don't know exactly what it was. And he says, I went to do the paperwork and we're still married. And I'm like, no, we're not. I, uh, I have a husband. His name is Eric. I have a kid. <laughs> Her name is Sabella. I'm confused. And he goes, well, I don't know what happened. There's a technicality. There's a problem. But you're still married to me. <gasps> so I had to involve my lawyer. And then my lawyer had to get a family law lawyer. I had to pay for my lawyer and his lawyer. It was a nightmare. And then it was, it was that. It was a mistake. When they filed the paperwork... Something didn't go through. I don't know what. Isn't that weird? That's horrible. I was no, that married is, that, to two, she was married to two people. people. Which also, I mean, it could have gotten so much worse because then you could have been convicted of bigamy because you're not. And you're I married to what? Of yeah. And no, he couldn't have convicted I mean, I could have. or fraud, although you didn't know. But also, you're married to Eric wasn't a real marriage so then if you and eric split up and you had like said all this community property now the presumption though there's even it can even go further how old was sabelle at the time uh, four yeah somewhere in there your ex-husband actually could have made a claim that she was his because no if, don't a tell married, me. if a married woman has a baby the presumption in most states is that the baby is her husband's baby. no yeah i mean that's how crazy some of the Black law can you husband's imagine <laughs> but i bet she looks identical to eric what are you talking about that'll be funny wow. no i mean that's how that's how, how crazy he, some of this you know he could have probably still said alimony he could have said all kinds yeah, of stuff because yeah. if he was married he could have oh it could have been yes. super ugly yes now I wonder if our marriage then is not as long as we think it was because Shut there up. was a technicality. Right we now. haven't been together oh eleven years. God. We've only been together Please. like four. That's Eric right there. So then, did you guys go and get remarried? No. 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 Okay. No. They that proved that, that no. it was a mistake from the courthouse okay. or whatever, and they did send a letter and they, saying then that. Then what it was, they did is probably they backdated your divorce. If it was I the court's hope, yes. fault, it's called like non pro tonk. So now you actually did get divorced back then. So now your marriage yes. is and valid. We actually had Sabella's yours. Mazel tov on that. 
Thank God. I'd be really upset with our in vitro doctor at that point. I'd be like, how the hell did your ex-husband's sperm get in that test tube? I knew it was going to happen. He was sneaky. <laughs> this is impossible, Dr. Mars. Oh, no, Eric's saying the ex-husband child support. There you go. Oh, my God. Um, no, yeah, we actually we got married. We had a proper wedding in Puerto Rico, but we got married here first in the courthouse. Right, which so is like, a license. Was, yeah, yes. straight up. Yeah, like, we have. A, I had all the evidence. I had all away. the evidence. Yes. My lawyer, Bob Wallace, God bless him, he was like, only to Ross. This only happens to Ross. I'm going, I know why. Isn't that crazy? Um, and so are you familiar, another thing I want to ask you, are you familiar with this divorce month? That this is a thing and January 6th was divorce day? Yes. Now? And that is something, that's like one of those holidays that like Hallmark created or something Hallmark so that they could <laughs> sell more cards. I don't know. It is true that January is a very big month in our field in terms of new clients because people come off of the holidays. They've had to travel together. They've had to go to their in-laws together. They're usually in co- close quarters and they're like, get me out. Also, oh, wow. people don't usually initiate a divorce anytime between Thanksgiving and like New Year's because yeah. you've got all the holidays and everything like that. So people are also waiting. So any of those people that were thinking about getting divorced like in mid-November, they're like, hold up, we're going to wait. So you got those people and you got the people that just had a horrible, horrible you know, situation over the holidays and they're like, I just can't do this for one more year. And then you've got just people that are going, it's January, new start, especially 2020, clarity, focus, 2020. I'm getting divorced. I had a woman (laughs) that said to me, this year one of my new New Year's resolutions is to lose 175 pounds and his name is Steve. (laughs) 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 So yeah, it's a big month. I don't know who's, I think it was the Brits that actually started Divorce Day, which is the first Monday after New Year's. Um, but yeah, that's that's been that's a, how normal a big it talk. is holidays. You know, the topic of divorce yeah. and how people just get married, and you know, you have an out. I'll divorce you. You know, it's interesting. And then talk to us about your podcast. So the podcast is launching on February 11th. It was initially called Divorce Sucks, and we've been around Johnny and I for over a year now. Uh-huh. And it was because people wanted to kind of talk more about divorce. What we found was people were coming on. We had Kate Hudson on, and she wasn't talking about divorce. She was talking about how it was, you know, being raised by Goldie and Kurt who were never married it was she was talking okay. about having you know three kids with three different fathers and how co-parenting worked we had Chloe Kardashian on and she was talking about you know co-parenting and breaking up and new chapters so we were like maybe we need to broaden the spectrum mm-hmm. of what we discussed to more human nature and relationships we were talking to siblings we were talking to partners and companies we'll still talk about divorce because that's what I know yeah. but we'll also talk about all different facets of how people get together make up, break up, how to keep relationships mm-hmm. going, but also some of the practical things about if you are going through a breakup or a separation or a divorce, what makes sense to deal with in terms of your finances? Are there such things as divorce psychics? Can crystals help you? Wow. What's the best way to get back into shape? I mean, all that kind of stuff really just a little bit bigger. And iHeart has been super about welcoming us and bringing us and introducing us. And so we're very psyched about it. That's awesome. So congratulations on that. Don't Thank miss you. it. This was so entertaining and educational. And I think you're amazing, and I love you. And, and now you neither one of you could ever hire me, which is really good. There'd be a conflict, so just there stay married. There you go. Like, Eric, I'm getting Laura. Don't even think about it, you mother. We'll, pull stra- we'll draw straws right now. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You for Thanks for here. having me, guys. Thank Thanks. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer, contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Ben, hey, it's Eric Hello. and Roslyn here. Hello, Eric and Roslyn. How are you guys? We are great. Thank you for being here with us. We're so happy to talk with you. We just had an outrageous uh, sit down with Laura Wasser, one of the top divorce. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we did her podcast. Uh, yeah. She's quite a character. It was so interesting. It was and very educational. We get to talk to you about what I think is one of the most inspiring books. I'm a product of divorce, um, a happy divorce. And oh, um, awesome. your your book, Our Happy Divorce, uh, is going to change change lives for so many people. Um, well, that, was, that was the intention, so hopefully it will. It's really, really impressive. Um, so it started a little rock at the beginning, right? With you and your ex-wife, um, Nikki, which is completely uh, normal. You know, that's why you're getting separated. There's an issue. There's a problem. You don't want to be together anymore. So at what point, what was the turning point for you guys to be like, this is not working. This is very damaging for our kid. How do we do it different? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, marriages don't end because everything is great, right? Uh, they're, they're, I, I left the house with uh, some built-up resentment and anger, and, and so, did, so did Nikki. And I had called a, a, a lawyer, um, and, and I was determined to, uh, you know, destroy uh, Nikki and, 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 you know, make it as public as possible. And I uh, hired this lawyer, and he wrote up a uh, 30-page game plan, basically, on, on how we were going to do that. And uh, I hadn't read it for a while, and, and I was on a plane back from L.A., and I decided to pull it out and, and read it. And I, I only got about two pages into it, and uh, I had that, you know, moment of clarity, if you will. And uh, I, I realized that if I go down this path of, of, of what it says in this uh, War and Peace um, destruction manual, um, then I'm going to end up like my parents. 
and, and then in turn, uh, going to give it and hand everything to my son. Um, and, and at that point I decided to go another route and try my own path. So you, were, path. you were a product of divorce yourself. I was a product of a, yeah, not so happy divorce. And that definitely, that's, that's great that you learned from that and actually turned that into what became your new reality. Cause I, yeah, I, it, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No. Oh, well, I was just going to say, you know, that it, it's, everything happens for a reason. I'm, I'm, I'm a true believer in there, but even with all that being said, I was so, uh, angry and bitter and resentful that even though I had that experience with my, my, my parents and, and my, you know, my brothers and sisters were they actually the only ones that ended up getting hurt. I still was going to go blindly into uh, you know that route. How old was Asher when you guys decided to separate? Uh, he was three. Oh, he was baby, baby. Wow. Yeah, he was, was a baby. He was a baby. See, but, I, but the crazy. I was seven. I, I was talking. I was thinking about it in my head. Like I was seven, and what I registered at that age when my parents got divorced. Um, I can't even imagine a three-year-old processing it and figuring it out as well. Oh, and, and you know, we don't give our kids, and I think it's a, a myth um, that, that I can, through my experience, say that, that you know, saying kids are resilient or they'll get over it or they don't know what's going on is a myth. And I think people need to move past that because Asher would, I came, uh, during our separation, I'd come, put him to bed, go to my hotel that I was staying at, and then come early in the morning before he woke up. Um, and, and so he, he, I thought that he thought that I was there and, you know, lived in the house. And, uh, one day he asked Nikki, he said, where did daddy sleep last night? Wow, and Nikki so kind of like, Nikki kind of got, you know, a little worried. And she, he, she said to him, how do you, you know, what, why? And he goes, cause daddy's bed's not, doesn't look like it's been slept in. Hmm. Wow. They're so, so smart. You know, Listen, they're, yeah, they're so smart. Old. And when, when you and, and Nikki, decided to sort of turn that corner and say, okay, we're going to do this differently. Mm-hmm. Were you both immediately on board? Did it take a little convincing? Cause you obviously both had to set your egos aside and it yeah. became about, you know, this other being, this other, you know, soul that mattered so much to you both. Um, once you sort of looked at it through that lens, did it, was it an easy decision or it still took some, it took some time. to. It was it a simple, it, it was a simple decision. I don't think, you know, there, just because it's simple doesn't mean it was easy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if you, you know, to wrap up uh, our, our divorce from beginning to end to today, I mean, beginning to the middle to today, uh, it, it's about accountability. Um, and, and I think we both went into the beginning of it knowing uh, or understanding and believing that it takes two to make a relationship and it takes two to break it. And, and um, you know, I called Nikki one day and I asked her for, to coffee and uh, I uh, apologized to her, um, n- not for, you know, what she had done wrong and it was her fault, but for my part uh, in, in, the, uh, in the ending of the marriage. And then she in turn apologized to me. And, and you know, we joke, uh, you know, not really that f- uh, far off, but I think it's the only time we've apologized to each other uh, to this day. But, uh, you know, from, <laughs> from that moment, uh, there was a lot more room to move. Uh, there was a lot more uh, you know, not only apologizing, but accepting the other one's apology. And then from there, you know, understanding that we have to be accountable for our actions. Um, and it wasn't Asher who decided for us to get married. It wasn't Asher who decided for us to get, have him. It surely wasn't Asher's choice for us to get divorced. So we had to be accountable for our actions and not have him uh, suffer the consequences. And nowadays you both are remarried, you both have kids, and you have 
being able to make it work to the point that your neighbors that you vacation together <laughs> that you spend holidays together with different well, kids an amazing trip to on a safari just the two of you with, with asher that's incredible it's amazing yeah yeah and it's it's one of those things where you know i don't know uh, i don't think step parents really get uh, enough credit uh, in these you know happy divorces or these co-parenting uh, ordeals because they too have to put ego aside mm-hmm. uh, and, and they too have to realize that nikki and i you know chad nikki's husband and, and nadia my wife understand that there's nothing between nikki and i except for we're best friends and we have a beautiful child together um and there's no jealousy and there's no so you know they're all bought in they all believe uh you know nikki and nadia are best friends when i go traveling they'll go get their nails done or they'll go do you know shopping or whatever um you know chad and i go to ufc fights um and and we hang out so it it just become this normal ordeal and no matter how sort of crazy it seems the outside world it's completely normal we have dinner once a week as a family we try to um and like you said we travel um and and the trip to africa was something that um asher was always into animals when he was a kid and instead of reading dr seuss books uh to bed at bed he wanted us to read uh animal encyclopedias and we he always we always knew he wanted we wanted to take that but then the divorce happened and he was too young and if anything was going to send our uh, divorce south um, it wasn't going to be romance or finance, but if one of us had taken Asher to Africa without the other one on a safari, oh, yeah. so Damn. so this this summer he was 13 and we uh, we took him and, and because Nadia has two young kids at home and, and Dad is the sheriff of Hillsborough County, uh, they just couldn't come. So uh, you know when I told Nadia that I was Nikki and I were taking Asher to Africa, the, the answer and vice versa with uh, Nikki telling Chad it wasn't. Oh hell no, you're not going to Africa with your ex. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. It was. Asher will love that. What a great treat for him. Well, I, I, you nailed it when you said, look, it's, it, as much as this is a, a massive accomplishment for the two of you, what you've given Asher in this sort of new uh, you know, version of divorce, it couldn't have been done without your two respective incredible partners because Absolutely. those partners could have changed. Even if you had everybody but one partner on board, there's a different outcome in this scenario. So the fact that you got everybody on board and everybody put love first and, and put their egos aside made the story, you know, truly possible and incredible and hopefully an inspiration for people just to open their eyes and pay attention. It's a valuable read. It's a valuable read. Yeah. You know what, nowadays, uh, because it's so common, you know, having parents that are divorced, it is so common. And you know, when the kids are kids, it's where it's the, those formative years are so important because many things, the outcome of their lives can change dramatically with a very... Um, sad or impactful experience which divorce could be so yeah. read is, is is valuable it's important because if, if people can have the maturity and leave the ego aside and understand when there's kids involved everything changes divorce changes you know because now it's not yeah. about you and the person it's about how can i raise this individual to become the best version of himself and we have to make it smooth and simple and loving and when it comes to divorced parents it's their responsibility you know you're forming this mind so i hope people read it and people that are going through bad times and are going through a shitty divorce because of financial reasons or there's no compat- com- Compatibility or or cheating involved, whatever it is, because divorce, usually it's ugly to understand. It's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about the circumstances. It's about how do we protect this kid as much as possible. And you guys did, and it's amazing. Well, you you just nailed it. I mean, we should have you as our spokesperson because that's exactly it. I mean, to the T, you know, it's not about... 
you know, our book isn't about uh, the, the gory details of our divorce. You know, it's only 190 pages. We don't talk about who did what or who didn't do what, you know, because all that doesn't matter. Um, all that, you know, all, all that stuff of why it ended didn't matter. And we've put that in the past by, by apologizing to each other and accepting each other's apology and moving on. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I want to, this is just my personal experience. Um, Ben, my parents have been together for almost 60 years. You know, I'm from Puerto Mm. Rico and it's, we will, we're four children. We will never understand why they're together because it's it's, it's almost like a sitcom. (laughs) You know, they, they can't stand each other, but they can't live without each other. Without Without each other. other, Yeah. It is, is, it's funny. It's sad. It's brutal. And, and for us, even though they're together, I grew up with parents constantly not talking very positively about the other. And I yeah. think when you go into a divorce, it's so it's the human nature to just be like, well, your dad did it, and your mom, you know. And and even though you're hating your partner at the moment, the most crucial thing is do not talk negatively about your about the dad or the mom because you know that's something that you as a child carry with yourself for yep. the rest of your life and it is damaging yeah. I don't even know how I made it into life and I became <laughs> great you know what I mean like, you know what I mean like I kind of like I was able to to comp- compartmentalize how you say compartmentalize. that Eric? Yeah. and be like you know what I'm gonna have to just put that in a little box and still respect my dad even though my mom fed me all this stuff for years because he's a human being and he was a great provider and I don't respect every single choice he made and I don't like the way my mom speaks about him but I'm just I don't I don't I don't want to form my life with that hatred you know I just want to be able to keep it in a little corner and listen it has been it has taken me therapy and, and many years mm-hmm. of understanding some issues sometimes come up that I just go, I think I have daddy issues, you know, but I was <laughs> strong enough to be able to be like, I'm going to go through my life and my destiny and I'm going to write my own book and I'm going to, I'm not going to allow their relationship to define me, but a lot of times kids do. And that's yeah. a very, very the, the big problem. And whether you're divorced, you know, your parents are divorced or together, you know, I remember sitting there as a 13 year old um, and one of the parents was talk- talking bad about the other one. And, and as a kid, as a child, um, to, to hear those things about your parent, knowing that you can't say anything because it's only going to make it worse. Yeah. And you sort of just have to sit there and take it. And, and, and meanwhile, if anybody else was talking about your parent like that, you would probably punch him in the mouth. But, but as a kid, you have to sit there, you know, and take it. It's a terrible place to be. It is. It's literally feeding your kids poison, hoping that they'll die. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Well, kudos to you guys. You guys did an incredible thing. <laughs> I love I it. It's it's uh, it's a great way to, to have this podcast finish out where people can hear all the different sides of divorce and how how simply it can be handled and in the right way. So thank make you sure for everybody check out Our Happy Divorce. It's available now. And Ben, thank you so much. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for giving me uh, uh, piece of your platform to this important message and we're grateful thank you very much thank you thank you bye-bye bye-bye that was quite uh the episode different podcast for us usually we we want to keep it light and funny and we want people to just um escape and enjoy and not think too much but uh we gave you a lot of thinking to do yeah the good news (laughs) is we have a great divorce lawyer now and we Stop know how to divorce happily. Like that. Wow, wow, Eric, <laughs> I'm projecting. I'm joking. joking, joking, projecting. No, this uh, no. again. You know, keep uh, keep your head on straight. Keep, keep on it. the path keep and put it. love first. And uh, 
you know, put your kids first. And, and when you, can you make have it work. kids, exactly, guys, it's very, di- it's very different when you are uh, when there's no children involved. When there's kids involved, everything changes. Divorce yep. or not divorce, it's work. It's a beautiful. It's the best, most beautiful job in the world. Keep it respectful. Keep it loving. Keep it intact. That was fun. Love you. That was fun. I love you. Subscribe to He Said Aya Vijo on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespañol.com. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.